Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Philip, and thanks for joining us today. As we begin our prayer and reading today, let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Let's take a moment to share with the Lord where we're at, what we're thinking and feeling, as well as thank Him for what He's done, is doing, and will do. prayer for endurance. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace, through Christ Jesus your Son, our Lord. Amen. Lord, as I read your words in Scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me and give me understanding. Lord, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. Today we'll be reading from Luke 7. After Jesus finished presenting all his words among the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion had a servant who was very important to him, but the servant was ill and about to die. When the servant heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to Jesus to ask him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they earnestly pleaded with Jesus. He deserves to have you do this for him, they said. He loves our people and he built our synagogue for us. Jesus went with them. He had almost reached the house when the centurion sent friends to say to Jesus, Lord, don't be bothered. I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. In fact, I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. I'm also a man appointed under authority, with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and the servant does it. When Jesus heard these words, he was impressed with the centurion. He turned to the crowd following him and said, I tell you, even in Israel I haven't found faith like this. When the centurion's friends returned to his house, they found the servant restored to health. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I reflect on the scripture, I'm struck by the examples we see of Jesus' character. So to recap, Jesus had just finished the Sermon on the Mount and was returning to his home base, the town of Capernaum. Uh, The way the story tells it, a few Jewish elders, people of some importance in the town, show up and tell them that a centurion had asked about him. They impress upon Jesus that this particular centurion was kind to the Jewish people and had even built them a synagogue, which is important. Even though he's an occupying force, he seems to have some understanding or kindness towards the Jewish faith. 
Either way, Jesus is willing to help and travels to the centurion's house. Before he arrives, though, more messengers, on top of those Jewish elders, meet Jesus and pass along a message. The centurion says through them something that's big. He is not worthy for Jesus to enter his house, let alone to meet him in person. Thus, Jesus doesn't need to go any further. Instead, instead through the uh, messengers, the centurion asks that Jesus merely say the words to heal a servant, and he knows that it'll happen. The centurion justifies this by saying that he too is a man with authority. He can command something of his men and trust that it will happen. Jesus is amazed, marveled, impressed by this. He speaks to the people around them and says that he hasn't found faith like this even in Israel. In Israel, God's chosen people. And of course, as the messengers return to the centurion, they find the servant healed. As we read this, I think as readers, we should be shocked at Jesus' reaction. Something about this centurion's actions seemed to blow away the Son of God. Surely that's something we'd want to emulate. What can we take away from this interaction? I mean, Jesus tells us what it is that impressed him, the faith of that centurion. How can we arrive at the same kind of faith? Here's a few things I see. First, the centurion has respect for Jesus, who Jesus is. He isn't going to force him to enter his house. He doesn't even want to see Jesus face to face. This could be because of a right appraisal of Jesus' status as the Son of God, or even just respecting the local customs. Um, in regards to, I don't know, Jewish-Roman relations. Either way, there's respect and honoring of Jesus. Um, second, that centurion knows how Jesus works. The centurion has an understanding that Jesus doesn't just have magic powers or tricks. Jesus has authority. As God, Jesus created and sustains everything, so he has complete dominion. His healings aren't just fancy magic, but a command of creation to bend to his will. The centurion, as someone who also has dominion, although over a much smaller realm and less people, <laughs> seems to understand this. And so he knows that Jesus doesn't have to actually be at his house to do whatever he wants. Once again, first, the centurion has respect for who Jesus is, and second, he understands how Jesus works. This leads him to the faith in Jesus that he said hadn't been seen in all of Israel. As we live out our lives today, can we embrace that same mindset? Can we come to an understanding of Jesus that leads to an actionable faith?
Let's pray. God, we come to you through Jesus and thank you for him. I'm sorry that we sometimes try to limit you, that we don't have a right understanding of your power and dominion over the universe. I ask that you would give us a greater glimpse of your authority today so that we can trust you better. Please allow us to follow in the footsteps of that centurion so long ago and give us the faith that has not been seen in these parts for some time. God, please let that faith turn to action. Through our lives and by our prayers, may your kingdom come.